This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. This is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. Yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from. As a parent, talking to your kids about puberty, dating, relationships, social media drama, isolation from friends, their emotional wellness, and other situations can be tough. Our free digital parent toolkit gives you a ton of tips and conversation starters to help in conversations, including those that are hard to talk about. It's completely free. We just want to help families navigate these important talks. To download the parent toolkit and tips on many topics and situations, click here or visit gcapp.org slash toolkit. That's gcap.org slash toolkit. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have athlete and entrepreneur Margot Alvarez. We're going to talk to her about uh, her career in CrossFit. Also, we'll talk about a popular television show that she was on. Also, talk about her entrepreneurial endeavors and a lot more. Margot is coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. 
No getting out of a sickbed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com. everybody welcome back to the program that audio that you heard was courtesy of the titan games and courtesy of nbc and universal and that was margot alvarez doing her thing in the final round of the uh, herculean pool competition on the titan games and we have her on the program to talk about that show and also some other things that she's want to well that she's working on we want to welcome to the program margot alvarez hello margot how's everything hi i'm doing great how are you how are you I'm doing well. Thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So let's start off with something that you you did very well, and uh, you were involved in the career of – you were involved in something called CrossFit, which was a competition that combined strength and stamina, also speed and endurance. How did you get involved in the world of CrossFit? Um, so I had been introduced to it through some friends back in the day, back in like 2011, and I was a personal trainer beforehand, and so I loved obviously challenging myself, kind of seeing what I could be do, could be capable of, not only physically but also mentally. And so that was something when I tried my first class, I absolutely loved it. 
it was burpees and snatches, and it was just very um, challenging in a lot of ways. I never really lifted a barbell, and so I just loved the the grit that I essentially had to kind of pull out from within to change up my training. Excellent. Now, for some, there have been some uh, some people that have watched CrossFit and some that have not. Can you kind of explain briefly to the listeners? What a CrossFit a, what a CrossFit competition was all about. Yeah, so there's I mean different types of competition. You might have local competitions, but within the CrossFit realm, there was for the good number of years there was an open where anyone could sign up. There was a big community event where anyone could sign up. Then once you do that competition over the five weeks, you have one week per workout. Uh, you have four or five days to complete it, and then at the end of that, it was five weeks. If you're in the top of your region, top 20, for example, then you move on to regionals. And then regionals was eight different regions across the U.S. and the world. Um, the, from there, you go and compete other people from other regions. So the last one was in 2018, and from there, you competed with people from the state of Utah, um, Arizona, New Mexico, and a handful of other states. From there the final five women and final five men would continue on to the, the world event, the CrossFit Games, which usually is held in July or August. And for the number of years, it was in Los Angeles, in Carson, California, and in the past three years, it had moved to Madison, Wisconsin. And so that essentially is competing against the top 40 women and men. Um, obviously, women competing against women, men competing against the men, but it's, you're essentially going to get the fittest 40 women in the world. Uh, and then there, from there, you compete for that number one spot, obviously. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome, right? I want to say more on uh, CrossFit in particular. I, I mentioned to the audience that CrossFit is a competition that's comprised of speed and strength and stamina and also endurance. Uh, can you tell the audience just uh, in, what was some of your be- some of your best events competing in CrossFit? Yeah, so some of my best events was it was a marathon row in 2018. I finished first in that one, and essentially you had to row a marathon on the row machine. And obviously that is a very long endurance event. Uh, my time was a little bit over three hours, uh, and you essentially had no cutoff time, meaning you had to finish rowing until you finished the marathon distance. Um, that was one of the events that I finished first in. Another, another one that was very similar was a half marathon row that they had five years prior to that, which was in 2013. But it was a two-part series, meaning you had to row a 2K, 2,000 meters, and essentially get a score there, and then you had to continue into a half marathon as well. So endurance events were obviously that. That was about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, so other events that I did really well on was a running event. This was in 2015. It was running and kind of a strongman implement where you had to run upstairs over a berm and then move a strongman piece. Essentially, it was a yoke. You had to move it so much feet. I believe it was 50 feet, and you had to do, I believe, four rounds of that. Um, another event that I did really well on was a pegboard event where you had to ascend on the pegboard up and down three times. Then from there, you moved to the rower. You did, I believe, 16 calories. And then from there, you moved to an assault bike where you did 12 calories. And by that time, the time ran out, the time cut out. So it's a lot of different time domains and a lot of different uh, events that are testing you in different metabolic pathways. So it could be long endurance events, but also could be short sprints. And so it's constantly changing um, and you constantly have to rise to that challenge and say, hey, can I do this? Am I capable of this? If not, then you give your best effort. Wow, that's awesome to hear. You mentioned with some of your best events in the CrossFit, the majority of the events that you mentioned had to deal had a lot to do with endurance and running. Did you have a track and field or a distance running background uh, growing up? No, I uh, actually played volleyball and golf in high school, in junior high and high school. So 
I definitely loved running in university level. I just did running on my own. So I liked um, the ability to go outside and just run and kind of clear my mind. And so I think that created a little bit of a base for me. One of the events I did in college was a, a route canoe paddling, and that was just a club sport that I did outside of university. But those events were shorter distance, 800 meters, maybe a mile sprints in a way. Um, but then one of the events I had done my second year into that was a 41-mile outward canoe paddle from Molokai Island to the island of Oahu. So I might have had a little bit of experience in endurance, but it wasn't like I competed at a collegiate level there. Oh, wow. That, that's awesome right there. I want to stay now with – I'm looking at some of your benchmark stats right here. Now, I'm looking at – your uh, your your you did a back squat of 275 pounds. You did a clean and jerk Correct. of 230 pounds, and of course your snatch was a 190 pounds. You deadlifted 410 pounds. Wow, that's amazing. Do you remember uh, that competition when you you deadlifted that much? Yeah. So the deadlift that deadlift competition that was actually not in the competition. That was out. I was training with a friend uh, in California, and I hit a PR 410 pounds changed a little bit of my setup, so it allowed me to be in a better position to pull that. Um, at 2018 games, actually, the same day that I rode the marathon, early in the day I pulled 400. So it wasn't necessarily a PR, but to be able to pull 400 pounds and then row a marathon the same day, you can see the wide variety um, of, obviously, like athletic capabilities that an individual has. Um, the goal, obviously, is to break that and get a little bit higher of a PR of a deadlift, what's one of my favorite movements. Um, but I think it's a lot, it speaks a lot to obviously like posterior chain and being strong on the backside, your glutes, hamstrings, erectors, your back is in general as well. I want to stay with uh, CrossFit again. You know, the the training seems uh, very intense. It's uh, it's unique in, in some ways. We see it's a combination of running and also weightlifting, and it's just comprised as a uh, – we've talked we, – we mentioned earlier about speed, strength, and endurance and things of that nature – can you explain what, what the, the training process is like uh, preparing for a CrossFit competition? So everyone's a little bit different, but for myself, it was uh, a buildup of a lot of volume, and it took numbers, numerous years to get there. Um, I started training in 2012 or 2011, which is regular classes, and then I had to include a little bit more training into my day, so I started training three to four hours, maybe five days a week. Um, and it wasn't just straight through. It would be a warm-up and then some mobility, some accessory work, some lifting, and then a Metcon or two. And when I say Metcon, like a workout where you're doing three rounds per time or uh, eight-minute AMRAP where you're doing as many rounds as possible within that eight-minute time frame. Um, and then as the years evolved and as competing kind of became, um, not that it wasn't a beginning of my focus, but as I competed and qualified for the 2013 games, training needed to go up, volume needed to go up over time just because I needed to be able to still be able to compete at the level of the athletes I was there at. And so if I want to improve, then I need to put more time. So eventually my training got up to about six or seven hours in the gym, and that could be, again, broken up. It doesn't have to be straight six to seven hours all the way through. But it was a lot of uh, time in the gym, but that was my job in a way where I was focusing on training, coaching a little bit at the same time. And that allowed me to improve and get better, and I essentially increase my level of fitness. And that would be multiple lifts in a day. Maybe I'm back squatting. Maybe I'm cleaning. Um, and then maybe I'm doing some gymnastics component. Maybe that's muscle-ups or pull-ups. Maybe I'm doing some running intervals, um, or I'm doing multiple different movements like double-unders and rowing and kettlebell swings where I'm trying to train my body in different modalities. Um, and I would spend a good hour or so doing mobility and prepping my body for that because it's a lot of time in the gym, and so you need to make sure recovery is also uh, as, as stressed as important in that, in that lifestyle as well. 
Wow, that, that's a lot that goes into uh, CrossFit. It's not just training for a competition. It's so many interesting components and interesting parts in into that. And certainly uh, the training is definitely uh, unique, as you explained it uh, very thoroughly. But definitely. also about the diet, does your uh, is your diet basically the same when prepared for CrossFit, or, do you, or you don't really uh, follow any specific uh, meal plan for competitions? I think everyone's, again, everyone's different, has their own kind of meal and plan. For myself, I was following like a 40-30-30, meaning 40% carbs, 30% protein, and 30% fat. So with CrossFit or any hit style type of training, your body needs some sort of glycogen to be fueled by those workouts. And again, since I was training so much, I needed a good amount of carbs. So at one point, I was trying to eat 300 to 350 grams of carbs a day. I don't recommend that, obviously, to everyone, depending on their lifestyle and the training. Everyone works out differently. But my diet definitely was changed where I was focused on performance. And so I was needing to fuel my body for performance. And that was the main stressor, was like making sure I'm getting enough food in my body so I can recover. Um, if I feel if I was feeling or falling short of my macronutrients that I was trying to hit, then it's like I might enjoy some donuts. Um, I have my glass of wine, but then I'd also make sure I was eating enough at the end of the day. Because if I'm falling short and I only have 250 grams of carbs, that may not like oh it may seem a lot, but for myself, if I'm putting a lot of energy out, I need to make sure I'm refueling that so I have the energy for the next day of training. Um, and so, and, and it's hard to eat. 300 to 350 grams of carbs a day when like you're training a lot you're spending good time in the gym but then you also need to make sure you're breaking that up so you can fuel your body because eating it all at night will be hard to eat that much of a food in one sitting wow it's 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 amazing how scientific uh it's amazing how you break down just the scientific aspects of food i mean people um professional athletes or people just that just compete just for for fun you know it's very important with with as you mentioned, you broke it down about uh, carb intake and protein and fats and things of that mm-hmm. nature. It's just amazing how food and training and all of that goes hand in hand. But again, every every individual is different, as you said earlier. So it's it's, it's just amazing how food plays an important role in just preparing for contests, but it's, it's how everybody handles it differently. I want to stay with just the diet in particular. Um, do you consume a certain amount of sugar? Because I know, again, that's a lot of with these competitions, it's grueling, it's intense, and then you know not just with the strength part, but with endurance events. Uh, it, it, are there any times when you've bottomed out, or do you eat, eat consume some type of sugar to prevent from uh, you know going low in the competitions? Yeah, the the times that I can specifically remember were more endurance type events, well, specifically the half marathon and the marathon row, where you're continuously to work or move for X amount of hours uh, or time. And so that was something where I'd either go for like those goos um, or those Gatorade blocks. They have them. They're kind of like quick carbs that you can essentially consume or eat. Uh, coconut water, um, some sort of like electrolyte water, like a Gatorade. I mean, that's something quick that you can consume and eat and essentially still move, like still row while you're ingesting those. And that's something that I've done even before, before I got into CrossFit when I did, um, I did a couple half marathons. And again, like I said, I love to run. So being out there long during long endurance running that I did with friends, it was maybe like I had a little bit of water or Gatorade or electrolytes or some sort of like quick goo that I can consume and eat that I feel like maybe I'm about to hit or I'm about to drop, and that would kind of help pick me up just because that's a long time to kind of continuously move when you're having that output of energy and you need something to replenish that. 
that's that's interesting to hear right there. I was just always curious about that, how the athletes kind of when they prepare and I was asking how much sugar do they do they consume in order to prevent from those things from happening. So that's interesting right there. But you know, CrossFit's definitely something that's uh that taken the world by storm and people are they have continued to compete in these competitions. You know, it's, everything's on hold right now due to the pandemic. But let's move on now to yeah. something that you said you you mentioned earlier that you competed in in high school, volleyball and golf. I want to talk specifically about the sport of golf. How did you uh, develop your love for the game of golf? Yeah, so my, uh, my dad used to play it when he was younger. And when my sisters and I, we moved to Montana, we uh, – my, he enrolled us in kind of like a six-week little like intro program at the like local golf course there in Missoula, Montana, and it was something that I loved. It It was different. It was challenging. All three, myself, my two sisters, all three of us were doing it. We'd do it for six weeks, and I think I really took a liking maybe a little bit more than my sisters, um, and then from there, I think I was eight years old when I started that, and then I continued to play for the next 10 years, uh, competed in high school, and I think I really, it's something that has really shaped me as an individual and a human going forward in kind of life right now where it's like you're by yourself and you might be on a team, but it's like you're by yourself, you're on the course for 18 holes or, you know, 72 holes, depending 36 holes, depending on how long you're playing. And you have to be mentally strong and have that mental fortitude and not let like your entire game or your entire hole go to crap if you have a bad shot. And so I think that mental fortitude, mental strength was definitely something I was maybe drawn to. Maybe I didn't really know it at the time, but looking back, it's something that I think shaped who I was. It taught me a lot of patience, taught me a lot of um, kind of mental strength in the sense of, hey, like don't get upset if like you have one hole, bad, one bad hole or one bad shot, you still got to keep it together for the rest. And I think that can be applied in anything in life, um, business, personal life, professional career, et cetera. I mean, even athletics in any aspect. And that's something that I think really um, stuck with me. And I I wanted to compete at a high level of college, and I didn't, but I I still enjoyed it with some friends from time to time. Wow. You know, golf is the ultimate game of patience and um, as you mentioned, the mental fortitude and the, you know, CrossFit and golf are like worlds apart. Whereas golf and, and CrossFit people are shouting and like, you know, yeah, come on, let's do this. And everything is very high impact. <laughs> Whereas in golf, it's, it's the temp, it's the tempo is completely different. It's laid back. And, you know, like you said, you missed the shot. You just goes on to the next one. I, I, I want to stay with the, with the game of golf for a moment. What, you mentioned of, of, of the things that has helped you out with not just in athletic life, but just in all areas and facets of life. You you compete in, I'm looking at it here, it says the World Long Drive Competitions. Can you explain to the audience what a, what a World Long Drive Competition is? Yeah, so um, my first year was, uh, I want to say last year, yeah, 2019, uh, and obviously with the pandemic, it kind of everything got put on hold this year. But um, essentially, you are you have eight balls to hit. They changed the rules this year. I think it's six balls. But last year, it was eight balls, and you have three minutes to hit those eight balls on a grid. So it's the width of a football field. It's about 500 yards long, and you essentially are trying to hit have the furthest ball. So you want to hit as far as you can, but at the same time, you have to stay within that grid. And if you bounce and it rolls out, then it doesn't, it doesn't count, obviously, so you need to keep it on there. So it's similar to golf where it's like accuracy is important, precision is important. But I noticed when I went to my first competition last year, there was a lot more focus on, like, you know, obviously a little more strength, a little more power on when you're swinging. So when you think of golf and the swing, it's a little more of that tempo back and forth. 
with long drive, it's a little bit different. And I noticed when I first went there, I was like, man, a lot of these swings don't necessarily look like a traditional golf swing, what I was used to growing up. It had a little bit changed. But after talking to some individuals, um, a lot of them were either prior baseball, um, some of the women were prior softball. So it was just interesting and intriguing um, to see how that crossover from one sport transferred into the golf. So it's it's exciting and exhilarating. And for me, transferring from being a competitive athlete and then starting my wine business and then going into the realm of world long drive, it's like, all right, well, if I want to go compete um, like an LPGA, it's like, all right, well, I have to spend a lot more time focusing on that. I need to work on my drive. I need to be working on my short game, my putts for long drive. It's like, all right, well, I can just focus specifically on this, and then if I want to pursue anything else in terms of goals or aspirations, then I can eventually go there. But I think it was a good segue to get back into the golf realm um, and kind of work and learn a little more about that sport. You mentioned the LPGA. That was going to be segue to my next question. Are you <laughs> – do you want to – do you want to comp- – do you want to compete in the LPGA in the uh, the near future, or do you want to stay just competing um, doing the World Long Drive competitions? I think for now, I'll just continue on the World Long Drive. Um, I mean, the women that are in there, it's amazing to see what they've done, uh, and it always it's always intriguing because I always like to gra- I tend to gravitate towards challenging situations. I've noticed over the years, and I tend to say, hey, like if I'm if I can do this, like let me try it. But I think for now, with the the, the schedule I have and the time that I have running the business, it's like the long drive uh, is something that I can dedicate time to and still have time for my business and everything else that I'm doing. All right, fair enough. And now let's talk about a show that's uh, been popular for quite some time now. The show is on NBC. The name of it is called The Titan Games, and it's hosted by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And also uh, Carrie Champion is one of the uh, one of the, uh, the co-hosts of that program. How did you uh, come across The Titan Games? So I had um, I had applied for American I'd been actually I'd reached I was reached out to for American Ninja Warrior end of 2018 and so I applied for that um, the casting team was like you should check it out so I sent them submission got selected had the opportunity to go do that and then end of 2019 the same casting team had reached out to me and said hey we're we're casting for the Titan Games and I had watched the first season um, and I thought man this is a little bit more up my alleyway in terms of the events or the the items and the tests that they had on there. And so I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool, have the opportunity to possibly do that. So put together an application, did a video submission, um, and then t- talked to the casting team. And then I was selected to be one of the 30 women to go down to, like, the preliminaries or the combine they had previous to filming. Did that, and then it was obviously a variety of tests and um, events to see how we would test our body in different metabolic pathways, so, like, running, sprints. And that was a really cool opportunity to go do that. Uh, and it was kind of like, all right, let's interact with everyone else, see how it goes. And then from there, about a week later, I found out that I was selected to be one of the 18 women to continue on to the show. So it's, I think life um, will unfold certain ways sometimes. You never know what, which way it's going to unfold. But it was really cool to be able to have the opportunity um, to be selected and go down there and be selected to be on the show. Wow, let's stay with the show for a moment. I mean, this is – uh, you know the the competitions. I mean, I mean, there was a show back in the day called the American Gladiators, and then you had uh, other mm-hmm. sh- similar shows like that. But uh, the Titan Games, it seems uh, unique, even in this uh, in this uh, new millennium of 2020. Uh, did you have was your training similar to what you did for a CrossFit to prepare for the Titan Games, or did you do any? You, you didn't have to do anything special. 
Yeah, it was pretty similar as before. I did a little more, I added a little more odd object training into my uh, routine. So odd object meaning like heavy D balls or a little bit more sledgehammer work, um, kind of more unilateral stuff. I still incorporate a little bit of kind of ninja stuff in ninja training because it's like I'd seen from previous years, like you might have to swing up and over stuff. You definitely needed some sort some strength there, but you also needed agility and being able to kind of go with the flow because you really didn't know what obstacles or what tests there would be. Um, so it was just a little more, all right, how can I be a little more adaptive to maybe tra- training a little more odd item stuff versus just training in the gym and lifting a barbell. Um, obviously, a lot of the, the cardiorespiratory endurance aspect is so important where you need to be able to have the ability to recover. Some of the events went on longer than you anticipate, so you want to make sure you're ready for that. Let's stay with the events for a moment. What were some of your favorite events uh, competing in the competition? Ooh, that's a good question. I really loved the nuts and bolts one, the first event that I went up against with Kelly Stone, because a lot of that was about strategy. You didn't really know, you knew how much it weighed, but you didn't know, like, all right, you're trying to do the math, like, how much weight do I take off? How is it going to feel? We never got to test any of the events before going out there. So I think that was one of my funnest events or most fun events because it was a lot of strategy and timing. And once you got to that other side, you kind of wanted to stay there. You didn't want to have to go back and change weights because that obviously eats into time. Um, and then the Mount Olympus obviously was great because it took a lot of different events into it, being able to flip a box, being able to do a little bit of kind of ninja stuff where you're moving your body in space and then also having to lift items. Um, and then also, like, that's a little bit longer of an event where you're like, how quickly can I push myself? How fast can I go and make sure I don't, like, die off or make sure I don't, like, taper off my speed and my pace? So I'd say those were probably two, like, the top events that I had or that I enjoyed. You were in the uh, the finals. Uh, you competed against a, a great competitor in Danny Spiegel. Everything seemed mm-hmm. to be going well until you got to the, the kickout competition. What what happened? Because I'm looking and I'll say, okay, Danny was able to finally kick the kick it kick the uh, the cylinder out, but then you were still having a little problems. Did you? What happened in that that uh, particular event? Yeah. So for that one, I thought that my body weight and running into the wall would be enough to crack it. Um, didn't know specifically what it was made of. I, I imagine it was some sort of like drywall or something on the front end. Um, but my my thought process was like, all right, if I run into that wall and I just give it everything I got. One, I should crack it or just, like, plow through it. That was my mindset. I just visualized that. Uh, and then when I ran and hit that wall and it didn't budge, I was like, all right, well, that didn't obviously work. So I tried to change it up. Uh, and I, I did Taekwondo back in the day when I was really young. So I was thinking, all right, well, if I can get some sort of, like, front kick or side kick to it to hopefully, like, crack it or weaken it, then eventually I could, like, kick my way through. Um, but that didn't happen. And so it's obviously frustrating and I wanted to break through that wall, but it's like, I know that I'm going to keep my head up. And then I was like, all right, just keep trying, keep going no matter what. And then obviously time ran out. So it was, uh, it was something that I definitely wanted, but I, I gave it my all and I, I will continue to break through other walls that I face. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, again, uh, congratulations on your effort on, on that program. I wanted to, I don't, I don't know if you're at liberty to discuss this, but will the Titan games have a possible, maybe like a grand champion or some type of event where they have you back on, or is is that pretty much it for right now? I'm not sure. I don't know. I imagine um, this year we went 12-0, and 0, meaning every week on Monday night we were the number one show for 12 weeks in a row. And that was, to learn that was, I was like, man, this is amazing, incredible. And it was 
to be able to be a part of that and contribute to that was really cool. So I'd love for an opportunity in the future to come back and have the opportunity to go back on again. I'm not sure what the plans are, but I know that it was very successful second season. So I'd love to be a part of that again, but we'll see. Well, speaking of uh, a, a special show, uh, you know, uh, The Rock, he's one of the executive producers of the Titan Games. What were, um, what were some of the things that you'd taken away from, from meeting him? It was it was obviously a great opportunity to talk to him. Um, we didn't have tons of interaction because there was a lot of moving pieces. He was filming a movie on set while we were there recording for the show. Um, we also had some time a little bit after the events to kind of chat a little bit. And he's just, he's a very hard worker. And I appreciated the time that we had. And I think that he genuinely loves to be able to see people succeed in what they're doing and giving them a platform to share their story. And that's what a lot of it was about on the show, is about how these individual individuals come on here and share what they've been through or the hardships they've overcome or what challenges they may have faced in their life. And it's like, how can they come in here? And yes, they are physically competing, but it's like it's more than just that. And I think having him you know, pull us on there and kind of bring us together. Him and his production team did a great job of casting the individuals. Um, and obviously it would it'd be great to have more time to talk, but it was, um, it was really just a really unique experience to be able to share that moment and that time with him and know that how much that he put into it, um, not only on his side, but also um, his production, his production team, even Carrie and um, Golden Boy. And that's I know that this name, that's his, his Instagram and uh, Twitter handle, but they both spent a lot of time there, and to be able to see, share that moment with everyone was really cool. And I, again, like I said, I hope to have the opportunity again in the future. But if not, then I'm I'm so grateful for this, and I made sure to enjoy every moment, and you know, make sure I like congratulated him and thanked him for the opportunity. Absolutely, definitely. Uh, the Rock, one of the best in the business, not just in sports, but just in all of entertainment and what he has done and what he's continuing to do. What about other staff members? Did you have, you mentioned Golden Boy? Did you have opportunity to speak with Alex Mendez as well as Carrie Champion? No, we didn't have too much time to chat there. I mean, you could see them um, on where they were on the stage, but we didn't have a chance to interact with them. I've talked a little bit with them, like on uh, on Twitter, in terms of like the events and all that. But it would have been really cool to spend a little more time with them. We had a little bit more face time with the kind of behind the scenes and the production staff, um, and they were great. They were awesome. It was all obviously like a long days. A lot of it was focused obviously on the production, um, and so there was lots of days where we were filming and then doing photos and doing interviews. And so it was really, I think, just a again, like I said, unique experience to be able to kind of pull back that curtain and see how it all works. There's a lot more that goes into it than what you see on like the end site. Um, and just like to be, be able to be a part of that and work with everyone was just, I'm so grateful for that. And I'm thankful for that time with them. And obviously I would hope for more, but I won't, uh, I won't be greedy. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you did your thing on the Titan games. It's a great show. And by the way, the show airs on Sunday nights on NBC. All right. Now, speaking of being grateful, you've made people very grateful for your entrepreneurial endeavors, and you have a wine. You're involved in the art of winemaking called the GOAT <laughs> wine. How did you come up in the world, come across the, the world of winemaking? Yeah, so my uh, my parents loved wine. I was actually named after Chateau Margaux, which is a very popular region in France. And so I feel like it was kind of like destiny to eventually get into it. Uh, to make life full circle. But um, I've done home production wine for a good number of years, um, just making 
like making my own batch over the past eight, nine years now. And I love the process of winemaking. I love how it takes a long time. You have to be patient. You plant the grapes. You eventually wait for them to, you know, bud. And then you have the grapes and then you harvest them, you crush them, you you press them, you let them age in the barrels, and then you bottle them and then you sip in the bottle. So it's at least a year, if not more, process. And I just love that process and kind of being behind the scenes and really seeing like how this has a big parallel to life and fitness and career. I mean, you go to school for a good number of years to get your degree. Um, you work for a good amount of time in your career to build up to the goal or to the position that you're looking for. And I just love those two parallels. And I think it really resonated with me because I was in the middle of my competition of training over the past nine years of realizing, hey, like, I know I'm going to compete, but I'm not going to compete forever. So it's like, how do I share my love for fitness? And how do I share my love for winemaking and blend them two together to be able to promote that? And so it was the end of 2015 after the CrossFit Games where uh, my husband and I were talking and trying to formulate what would be the best way to do this. And I was like, well, you know, let's start now because I I still want to compete. But it's like, if I can start a business and again, combine my two passions and promote that message of work hard, wind down with everyone, then, you know, why not, why not? Like just start it now. And so that's where it started the process. Um, And so it's, we launched the company in 2017 at the CrossFit Games in Madison, Wisconsin. And there was a lot of work and a lot of struggles that we faced um, and that I over, had to overcome, but it was it was really rewarding to be able to pull that work in and then launch the company in 2017 and then be able to have the wine to share with people. Because, like, we consumed it, we made it, and you have all the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it. But to be able to share it with people and share it with the community, that's just like, man, like, I want to embrace everyone and help one another, and this was the kind of the way to do it. And so, like I said, our, our message is work hard, wind down. And that work hard, for me at the time, was in the gym. And in training, but it could be to anyone and everywhere, whether that's career, family, school, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you wind down with a glass or two um, or a bottle with a friend and just relax and enjoy the process because there's a lot of struggles and successes that you have in life. And I think it's really important to embrace the struggles but celebrate the successes and appreciate every moment you have. Absolutely, and I think you're helping. A, you've you've had you have helped, and you continue to help a lot of people in that process of what you, what you and your husband do in the world of winemaking. I want to stay with uh, uh, the the industry of winemaking. You know that I mean the market is saturated. There's so many uh, makers out there of uh, that that are in the business of winemaking. What do you what what do you do to stay ahead of the game and to, to compete and to make sure that the GOAT wine is, is a, a reputable brand and a relevant brand in this uh, competitive world of not just winemaking, but just in business in general. Yeah, it was, and that's something like, I mean, there, there is very, there's a variety of wine out there, but it's like you said, it's so saturated. There's so many other wine companies and brands out there. And our biggest thing was like, all right, well, let's kind of go around it differently. Let's, launch within the fitness realm and people think like oh like how is it you train and drink wine and for me it's like this is my life this is my balance like a glass or two at the end of the day helps me relax and so we're not going out there and saying hey like it has less sugar or you know it's it's healthier we're just saying that you deserve it like you got to earn your grapes you have to earn your wine like we want you to find that balance in life and so for us it was just be being able to create this community of working hard and wine and winding down where again you earn your grapes, you earn your wine, and we're just telling you to find that balance. And I've had a lot of people say, like, well, I don't drink wine. I'm like, that's cool. You don't have to drink wine. Find something that it is. Maybe it's eating bonbons on the couch with your kids. But for us, it's just like it's building that community of like-minded individuals 
that are going to work hard towards our goals. Um, they're going to obviously have struggles and success along the way. We want them to kind of embrace that. We want to create that community where the greatest of all time, whether that's the wine or that's something else in your life, is something you put an emphasis on. And when people think of greatest of all time, we launched, we wanted something unique and different. So that's why we went with the GOAT acronym. We have a picture of the GOAT on the label. We started with a short uh, hawk bottle that kind of looks like a, like a tortuga bottle, Pirates of the Caribbean theme, Pirates of the Caribbean theme but also wax on the top. So we wanted something different and unique to stand out. And a lot of people just kind of generate to sports when they think of GOAT, whether that's um, basketball or football or whatever it might be. But it could also be within the family, like who's the greatest of all time in your family? Maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's your mother, maybe it's career, maybe there's a mentor that you have that you look up to. And so for us, it was just like, it's not only about the wine, it's not just about the wine, but it's about the community and the people around you and also kind of what you're celebrating and what you're living for in life. Wow, that's a beautiful explanation right there. You could definitely relate that, as you said, not just in sports, but just in all areas and facets of life. Again, wine is something that's it, – it, like, like you said, there's people – there's some people that don't like wine, but the ones that do like wine, it's it's diverse. The, the palate is different. Mm-hmm. The taste is different. Some people like their flavors different. Some people like it, you know, bitter, so semi-sweet and things of that nature. What flavors of wine does your, your company offer? A lot on blends. Uh, the goat is a petite straw blend of petite straw, straw, and granacha. So we, I gravitate to, ben, to blends just because I think that it's one, it's it's unique to have the different kind of grapes you have. You can blend together. And I think if you look at it as life, you have a lot of things in your life coming together, and you make it all happen. Um, blends I feel like are a little bit easier to drink, and we've noticed with younger generations that are looking to get into wines, they gravitate towards blends because they're smoother to drink. Um, they're maybe maybe they don't know much about wine, so it's like, hey, like start off with a blend, see what you like. Um, our biggest thing is like like you said earlier, like so many people have so many different palates, right? So maybe they like a really dry, bitter wine. Maybe someone likes a really jammy wine. And so we've I really we've really focused on like I said the blends. I love Petit Syrah. I think it's really uh, it's not a, not as common as you see with, like, Cabernet or Merlot, but I love the taste and I love the feel, but I love the, the jamminess I can give wines. And so, like I said, we focus on blends kind of because we, we have that parallel to life where it's like you have so many things going on in your life, like how do you blend them together? Um, and that's kind of the reasoning why we focus on the blends. Well, I'm looking at some of these flavors right here on the website, man. It's very, um, it's it's awesome right here. Like you mentioned, you, your company uh, primarily focuses on blends, like you mentioned with uh, the Petite Syrah and also with the Cabernet Sauvignon. So this is in- interesting. I want to ask you just, um, you mentioned about the grapes. What type of grapes do you use for the wine? I know a lot of people, uh, some companies will use muscadine or they'll use other products, but what type of grapes uh, do you use to make your wine? So we, like I said, we focus um, on all, all our wines uh, sourced from Paso Robles, but the petite, the the goat is a blend of petite Syrah, Syrah, and Grenache. The Chirson that we have is a blend of petite Syrah, Syrah, Grenache, and, and a little bit of petite Bordeaux. Um, very, they're both very bold and complex wines, but I would say that the goat is a little bit hardier, similar to a cab. Um, the Chirson that we have. That wine was in memory of my sister. We dedicated it to her, and the label is actually one of her last paintings before she passed. And that wine is very similar to the, the goat, but it's not as bold. It's a little has a little bit of peppery taste to it, a little bit lighter, more of a medium-bodied wine, where the goat would be more of a like a like a hard like a full-bodied wine. Um, and then we have also Le Vignon in there, which is 
a little bit lighter, maybe a soft-bodied wine or a light-bodied wine. That is also a, that is also a blend. It's a blend of Zinfandel and Carniana. Um, so again, we want something that we wanted to have a variety of wines. With like, if you have a palate that really enjoys the dark, heartier wines, you can go to the goat. If you want something on the lighter side, then we go for the Levin Um I like you. I mean, we, you even mentioned this as well. Everyone has so many different types of palates, and they maybe they only drink one type of wine. So for them to try something else, it might taste a little different, a little off. Um, but our biggest thing is like, hey, like drink what you like. I'm always exploring and trying new wines and new blends just because I want to like get more experience. It sounds kind of weird, but it's like the more I taste, the more I'll be able to kind of distinguish like what do I like, what do I don't like, maybe what I want to try more of. And that's something we encourage is like, hey, like find something you like and drink that. You don't have to drink X bridal or X grape because someone told you to. It's all about kind of exploring. I think the same thing in life and career. Like don't just feel like you have to go into this career. Someone tells you that, right? Find what you like. Find your passion. And there will be times where obviously people will pull you away. Like, no, you have to drink this or no, you have to do that. You don't have to. There's guides out there, and the guide is good, but also kind of figure out what you like to enjoy and what you like to do. Oh, yeah, good good explanation right there. And, again, the, the wines, I'm looking at it right here, they're really um, some fantastic artwork on here. I want to ask you just about cultivating the wine. We hear about, you know, California and New York and a lot of different states that are wine producers in um, with some of uh, awesome vineyards. I want to ask you, you know, you, you grew up in Montana, but you, your your business is headquartered in Las Vegas. Do you feel that um, Nevada has great vineyards where you're able to operate and cultivate some premier wine? No, so we do, we source all our grapes and wine from Paso Robles, California. That's a more well-known area. We started, um, the farm that we started with is in southern Utah, which is about two hours north of Las Vegas. And the climate's very similar there in California. There's rich um, history of winemaking there back in the 1860s. But, again, like you said, people have, you know, this idea of, like, where the wine's going to come from. There's that stigma that, you know, wine from Utah is like, oh, why would I drink their wine from Utah? There are some vineyards in Montana. There are some grapes out here um, in Las Vegas and in Pahrump. But we do all the winemaking uh, and source all the wine and grapes from Paso Robles just because it's a more well-known area. We... The wine that we make in Utah and that we made in Utah was good. They were younger grapes, younger wines. Um, and when we started our project, we sourced our grapes from there. We would take them to a Crest and Crest facility in California. And during that same time, we were sourcing some grapes for the goat from Paso Robles. And so as we grew along, as we went along and as we kind of continued through this process, the first two years we did that. And after that, we realized, like, the winemaking part, is the easier part. It's the wine selling that's actually harder because like you said, it's so saturated out there. There's so many companies and brands and you could have the best wine in the world, but if no one drinks it, drinks it, how do they know it's the best wine in the world? So that was a pivotal point in 2018 when we moved to Las Vegas. Um, and even though they have um, some winemaking here and some farm and some grapes here, we focus on moving everything in terms of production and um, sourcing grapes and wine from Paso Robles. And we've focused the past two years on expanding our brand, um, expanding the company, bringing more awareness to it because our biggest thing was we don't have a physical tasting spot. So how do we get people to come to our website? How do we get people to try the wine? Um, We've done tons of in-person events. I thrive on that. I love getting to meet people and connecting with others out there. And obviously obviously with the COVID, we haven't been able to do any of that. But I think it's really important where it's like people want – 
to connect to something. And for us, it was about connecting to a story, connecting to the community and connecting a story, not only with the wine, but also the people that we met with. And so we approached it a little bit differently. And I think it's really important for, I mean, anyone out there, whether it's wine or any other product, it's like, how do you connect with your consumer or your customer um, and have the, a real relationship? And I think people are looking for that. They're looking for some genuineness, some authenticity. I think it's really important. That's something I've strived to maintain from the beginning because, there's so many things out there and the breadth and the depth of wine or the breadth and depth of any other product could be very far stretched. So it's like, how can I kind of connect with one another and have that personal relationship or have that uh, personal connection over multitude of places? All right. So that's, the greatest of all time wine, the G-O-A-T wine that's uh, available on the website. We'll have Margo uh, bring up the website in just a minute. But uh, currently, what are current projects are you currently working on? So that's the biggest focus. We're ga- gaining more distribution here in Las Vegas, um, getting to more some, some more local wine shops. We got into distribution last year in Colorado in two areas, and so we're looking to gain more distribution into other states. Um, it's a process, but working on doing that. We're also continuing to provide uh, free workouts on YouTube. Um, The channel we created years ago was to provide workouts where people can, you know, maybe get a workout, a warm-up, and maybe some stretching in if they don't have the time to go to the gym or they don't have um, the the space or the ability to have a gym that they can do in the comfort of their own home, maybe on the couch, maybe in the living room. And so we've created workouts on that. So the goal is to continue to put those fitness workouts out there and help inspire other people to kind of either get back into moving or start moving um, and then continue to promote our message that you can all, you too can work hard and wind down. Absolutely. All right. So Margo, great job. And uh, before we let you go, let audience know where can they find you on social media as well as, as you mentioned about the fitness channel on YouTube and also uh, the, the GOAT wine. Yeah. So people can follow me um, on Instagram at three, two, one go, which is G A U X. And we also have The Goat Wine on Instagram. Um, Our website is thegoatwine.com, so people can check out the wine bridles there. And then um, our YouTube channel is just Margo Alvarez, M-A-R-G-A-U-X. And uh, people can check out the workouts there. We have a good number of workouts over the past few months and years. So um, I hope that everyone enjoys. Absolutely. And you heard it from her. She's Margo Alvarez. She's an athlete, competed in CrossFit, also did some stuff with the uh, long drive golf competitions and also was featured on the NBC television show, The Titan Games. And she's an entrepreneur. Uh, She has a a business called the GOAT Wine. You can check it out on the website at thegoatwine.com. And also she's doing her thing on the YouTube world. Margo, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. And if ever you want to come back on, feel free to let us know. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, no problem. Thank you. And that's going to do it for another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson. And remember, put God first in everything you do and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. Remember, stay safe and stay home. And remember, uh, you know, if you have to go out, Wear a mask, and um, we're out of here. Peace. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone, and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex 
should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician. All right, guys, here we go. Let's stay sharp. Your friends are really good gamers. Huge attacker spotted behind the tree. That's you. Got him. And you're no slouch either. John, attack it to your right. To your right. But if your slow upload speeds freeze the game because you have cable and you end up succumbing to hordes of marauding robo-bunnies... John, stop standing there. Run! I can't. You're not a bad gamer. You just need better internet. John, we told you to get AT&T Fiber. Way to go, John. Nice one, dude. With 20 times faster upload speeds, AT&T Fiber gives you a faster internet experience than cable. Ask how you can bundle 1 gig internet and AT&T TV for $89.98 a month for a year with unlimited data included. Limited availability in select areas. Call 1-877-ONLY-ATT. Download max, typically 940 megabits per second. Speeds not guaranteed and vary. Offer ends 10320. $10 per month equipment. Be applied. New residential AT&T Fiber customers only. Speed claim based on combined upload and download capacity versus major cable providers. 1 gig service with uploads of 35 megabits per second. Other charges and restrictions apply. For details and see if you qualify. Visit att.com slash bundle. Come into CVS today and get free flu shots for the whole family. Plus, get a $5 off $20 shopping pass with each one. Visit CVS today. No-cost flu shots with most insurance. Restrictions apply. Visit cvs.com for details. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Come into CVS today and get free flu shots for the whole family. Plus, get a $5 off $20 shopping pass with each one. Visit CVS today. No-cost flu shots with most insurance. Restrictions apply. Visit cvs.com for details. Hey, this is Jill from the Container Store. Oh. Is there something wrong? I just thought a virtual designer would be a cool robot. I could do a robot voice if that helps. Maybe. Hi, I am Jill. Let's design. Nope, absolutely not. Regular voice, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at impressions. Enjoy free virtual in-home closet design and up to 25% off closet systems with the Container Store's custom closet sale. The Container Store, where space comes from.